0: Today we're continuing our series, as, as Sherry mentioned, on uh, the armor of God that he gives to us, and uh, it's called Be Strong, and as told in the video today, we're talking about that shield of faith, and part of what Sherry mentioned about um, the bad things that happened to us. Specifically today, we're going to be taking a look at, at um, uh, a description of one of the ways that Satan attacks us. And it's actually one of his names given to him all throughout Scripture, and he's called the Accuser. It's called the Accuser of the Church. And we'll take a look at what that means in just a second. But just to review, um, again, we've been using this idea of the armor of God, as Paul was writing about in Ephesians 6. And he, I don't know if you knew it, if you're just joining us um, in the middle of the book, really the chapter, the, the series right now, uh, this whole time we've been talking about the spiritual battle that you and I are in on a daily basis. There's a different world. There's another world other than what we see over and above the physical world that we see. It's a spiritual world, and that's where the battle for your soul or for your spirit takes place. And Paul is talking about the spiritual battle, and he says in Ephesians 6, he says, and he's going through this whole list of what a, what a, what a Roman soldier would wear. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, And the body armor, or the breastplate, as we talked about, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So Paul is in prison, and he's looking at these Roman soldiers, and he's realizing that the armor that the Roman soldiers wear and the things that they have are perfect illustrations of how God equips you and I in this spiritual battle. The transition, though, comes now is these are the things up until now, these are the things that we wear. We wear the belt, we wear the breastplate, we wear the shoes. Now Paul's saying there's something that you actually have to not only put on, but you have to take up. He says this, and let's say this together. Ready? Go. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Hold it up. Don't just put it on. Hold up the shield of faith. So what was Paul talking about? As he's looking at this Roman, uh, the the Roman guards, and they have the shields, what what does this shield look like? How did that work with the Roman army? Well, the shield wasn't the standard medieval esque shield, you know, the nice flowery ones with the gold inlay and like the dragon or lion on the front of it. Um, It wasn't like that. Instead, it was just like this a four foot by two foot bored with rounded edges, and a knob in the middle called the boss. The boss was that part of the shield that if they attack, that's what pushes back the enemy. It was made of wood. It was covered with linen or leather and had steel edges. It was designed to snuff out burning arrows. And how the Roman soldiers would use this is that they would line up, and as they're attacking a city or a fort or an area, uh, and arrows are coming at them, what they would do is they would line up and they would hold their shields up over their heads, making an impenetrable roof, if you will, not only for arrows, but for rocks and, you know, oh, Monty Python just popped into my head, (laughs) Trojan rabbits thrown over, you know, but just that, and then they would also have them like this, too, so that in essence, they were just this impenetrable force moving toward this city. That's the word that Paul uses for the shield. And that's how the shield of faith works for you and for me in this battle. Your faith, your belief, your confidence in who God is and what he can do is what gives you the strength to stand up against the name-calling, the accusations that Satan levels against you. Because that's what he wants to do. He'll look at your mistakes and your sins And it'll bring those up to you over and over again. Now, there's a difference between mistakes and sins. How many of you know that there's a difference between mistakes and sin? There are. Mistakes are those things that are just part of our human experience. The term mistake implies uh, an error in judgment, something that is done unintentionally. And usually when we make a mistake, our response is, or oops. Sin is different. We choose sin. It is the deliberate disobedience of God's standard of what is right and true and lovely. So I want to play a little game with you just to see if you're with me. And I know students, you don't like tests. This is kind of a little bit of a test, okay? Um, Especially during the summer. But here we go. Mistake or sin? I dropped a cup of coffee. For me, that'd be a sin. But no, yeah, yeah. Mistake, right. One for one. Um, eating six pieces of pizza instead of two. And you guys don't even want to answer that one. (laughs) It's like, oh, (laughs) a mistake. Yeah, no. Actually, believe it or not, and this is a bigger context, but but the issue that that question gets at is um, the issue of gluttony, of overage in your life. And in Proverbs, it says that gluttony or overage, not pizza, but overage in areas of life is a sin. Okay, so that was a sin. Um, Next one. You miss a grounder in baseball. Right, but it was the big game. You had to think about that. Yeah, it's still just a mistake. Okay, good. Speaking negatively about someone behind the, per- the person's back. Sin. Being abused in your past. Now it's not, I'm, I'm jumping in. It, it's not a mistake, but for you it's not a sin. If you are abused in your past, that is not a sin. Some of you just need to hear that. But here's how the devil uses all of these things. He would say, you dropped your coffee? You're such a klutz. You've always been a klutz. That makes you a danger to others. Or he would say, remember you were abused as a child. That means not like everybody else. You're worthless. You're tainted. How could you be loved again? He twists every event in your life, for your harm, and for your danger. He even twists things that happen to you, not because of you. You know that there's things that you do. There are mistakes and that you sin that you do, and, you're, and you reap the consequences and, and that kind of thing. Um, but there are, there are events in your life that happen to you, not because of you. And I don't know if any of you saw this story. Um, did, did anybody see the story of the, the 16-year-old girl in the plane crash this week? This week? couple of you. So here's the story. This is 16-year-old Adam v- or Autumn Vach. She survived. Her, her grandparents and her took off in a small plane, and the plane ends up crashing um, last Saturday, I think it was, a week ago Saturday. Ends up crashing. Um, catches on fire. She survives the crash, crash with just some bumps and bruises and scrapes. Her grandparents are trapped in a burning fuselage. She gets out of the plane, and she can't rescue them, and they die in the plane crash. She stayed with the plane, the plane crash the first night, started hiking the second day and, and stayed in the woods the second night and finally makes it to a highway and was rescued. I saw this interview with her just this last week, and the interviewer said this, let me clarify, they, she said to Autumn, let me clarify, you say you saw your grandpa and grandma die? Autumn said something that just, that just chilled me. She said this. Yes, I did. That will probably haunt me the rest of my life. That horrible, horrible, horrible event for Autumn will haunt her the rest of her life. Now, here's how Satan would use this. And, and you can translate it into your own life, maybe. But here's how Satan could use this event in Autumn's life. And in fact, when I was watching this interview... Knowing I was preaching on this, I, knew, I just said a quick prayer just to protect her from these thoughts, from these arrows. Here's how Satan could use a situation like this. You should have died too. It's not fair that they died and you lived. Maybe if you were stronger, you could have pulled them out of the burning wreckage. What's wrong with you? Arrows. Satan is a sick-in-the-head accuser. He embellishes your mistakes and capitalizes on your sins. Many of you right now have felt those sharp arrows. Many of you are feeling them right now because of what you're telling yourself, because of what other people are telling you, or even just that that voice that, that's coming it, that is just ripping into you. He is the accuser of the church, the Bible says. Now, there's a story in the Bible that we're going to take a look at that in all my years of, of you know, diving into the Word and preaching from devotions and everything, I actually, I struggle to remember not only the story, but if I've ever kind of sat and, ta- and talked about this story, but it's really a fascinating story, and it's in the book of Zechariah. It's Old Testament, Zechariah 3, and let me set this up b- before we walk through the story. Zechariah was a priest and a prophet in the Old Testament, and in this passage, he he is seeing this vision of angels and Uh, uh, Satan, and then another friend of his, another priest of his, Jeshua, which is Old Testament Joshua, but Jeshua, um, and these accusations being leveled against Jeshua and how the Lord handles it. And Now, Jeshua was a priest as well, and Jeshua was very instrumental in rebuilding Jerusalem after it had been plundered. He brought back worship to Jerusalem. He Whenever a city was plundered, the whole culture was just decimated. He brought back all the Jewish cultures, celebrating the Seder, the Passover, all the feasts. He was really instrumental in getting that going. So Zechariah is having this vision, and this is the vision. Then the angel showed me, Zechariah, then the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, he calls him out. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, and what was he doing? He was making accusations about this warrior of God, about this strong person of God, this, this person Jeshua. He's making accusations, and what happens next just sort of cracks me up. Get the picture. So he's standing there, the Lord is there, and it's almost what you're going to read in a, what we're going to read in a second. It's almost like the Lord is going, "Not my child," Mm-mm-mm-mm. and it's like he has, it's like he has this Popeye moment. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. And the Lord, like, explodes all over Satan. It's awesome. He goes, and the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, what, reject your accusations, Satan. Wouldn't that be great if the people of God today would say, we reject your accusations, Satan. I just had a bad thing go through my head about telling Satan where to go, but I'm not going to say it because, okay. I reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man right here, Jeshua, is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. And if you take a burning stick from this fire, you know that while it's still smoldering, it becomes useless, it's charred, it's full of ash, and it's just dirty. So Jeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there. Before the angel. So the angel said to the others standing there, Take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Jeshua, he said, and what the Lord says to Jeshua in this moment, helps us, helps you know exactly why you can stand firm under the shield of faith. The Lord says, This, see, I have what? Taken away your sins. And now I'm giving you these fine new clothes. God has taken away your sin. It's not your strength. It's not your power. When those attacks come, it's God's power, the Holy Spirit's power in you that lifts the shield to protect you. In Christ, you are a new creation and have been given, I love this illustration, the robe of righteousness, these new clothes. When the Holy Spirit of God changes your heart, either through the waters of baptism or hearing the word of God, you aren't the old person anymore. Yeah, sure you're still going to make mistakes. Raise your hand if you've never made a mistake in your life. Good, no hands. Raise your hand if you've ever sin if no, if you've never sinned before. Good, no hands. Because all of us have and we'll still do this side of heaven. While you still make mistakes, while you still sin, no matter what, you are valuable to the creator of the universe. You matter to him. In fact, you are a child of the Almighty God. Turn to somebody right now next to you and say, you are a child of the Almighty God. Ready? Go. All right, good. Now let's make it personal. Let's say, I am the child of the Almighty God. Ready? Go. I am a child of the Almighty God. As a Christ follower, you may be thinking, duh, I got this. I come to church. But the purpose of reminding you today is so that when those lies of Satan, those flaming arrows are coming over the wall, on top of you, you're able to refute them with the belief that God loves you. And because of Jesus, you are valuable and worthwhile in his sight. Lift that shield of that God-given faith, reaffirm that you're a child of the king. And you can stand, this is beautiful, you can stand in the face of Satan under the shield of faith and with the Lord of God, heaven and earth by your side and you can cry out to Satan, I reject your accusations, Satan. Some of you are believing lie after lie, year after year. And you need to just stand up and say, I reject this. I don't care what's happened in my past. I'm not that person. I reject those lies because I'm a child of the Almighty God. God sent his best to die for the worst, which is me. And because of him, I have value. Jesus Christ died and rose again to give you a new identity. There's, there's a list on the, uh, the Welcome Center over there. or You can download it on, off of Facebook. I put it up there. And it's, it's titled My Identity in Jesus. And it's all these things that God says you are with Bible verses. Not what Satan says you are, not what you think you are, but what, who God says you are. God says that you are beloved that you are delighted in. God says that you are forgiven, free, and washed clean. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit, church. You're adopted into God's family by the sacrifice of Christ. And you are righteous. You are new. You are a saint set apart to be an ambassador of Christ. You're a sweet aroma who is never alone. You're a masterpiece. You are wonderfully made. You You have a guaranteed victory There's battles that you face every day in this spiritual battle, but the war is won. You have a guaranteed victory and you hold a secure future. If God be for you, who can be against you? If God be for you, God be on my side, who's going to be against me? The attacks will still come. We live in a world of attack, the accusations will still fly. You'll hear it all the time. We as a church need to remind ourselves who we are in Christ. Our identity is a new identity. Actually, it's our original identity, lost and then restored again in Christ. We then as a church can be speakers of life to the world and not of death. Who in your life right now needs just an encouragement who in your life right now is being accused and accusing themselves, oh, I'm not, I'm not good at this. I'm not worth it. Yeah, you are. We as a church can be that, that mouthpiece for Christ. This past Saturday, um, I'll close with this. This past Saturday, um, Saturday morning, I was in this caribou. <laughs> no surprise. Um, and uh, sitting there having coffee, and I got there really early, like right as it First opened and and I got there actually even before some of the workers got there and they were they were tired they we were all uh, and I'm drinking my coffee and, and I'm and I'm watching what's happening and one worker comes in and she was obviously late and obviously had a very long night the night before because it looked it she looked really tired and she was called into the back room and I was the only one there in the room in the the caribou and uh, the supervisor. Um, Ripped into her, just you know, and i don 't know the, the backstory to this person or whatever, but just you could hear you know you could hear it it was that uncomfortable uh, uh, kind of thing, and um, so she comes out, had tears in her eyes, and she 's working, and after a little bit, um, I go up for my fourth refill and uh, and and she helps me with the refill, and um, I looked at her and and we talked a little bit. I said, you, you're pretty tired this morning? She goes, yeah, I really I was late. And I said, yeah, I heard that. And she kind of sulked a little bit, got my coffee, and I said, thanks, you're beautiful. And I walked away. I mean, I wasn't hitting on her, you know, I, it because <laughs> she really wasn't beautiful. Like, I, she was like out external. Never <laughs> She wasn't my type. This is just. Okay. So, um, but I just said, you're beautiful. And it was like I gave her a million dollars. She just lit up. Because in God's sight, who she is as a person is beautiful, wonderfully made. That's what it means, church, for us to be raising our shields of faith, not only to protect ourselves, but to bond with others, to bring hope and peace and glory to a world that is so accused and down and low. You join me in that? You join me in being life speakers rather than death givers? It all starts with us. Amen. Amen. Let's stand for prayer. Father, praise belongs to you and all creation. All praise goes to you for everything that you've given to us and who you made us to be and Father, all of us standing in here have felt the accusations, those arrows from Satan coming at us and um, ripping us apart, not only from our own uh, lies that we tell ourselves, from other people's lies that are told to us, but even Satan, just in our our own mind, those things that, that tell us that you are worthless, how could God love you? We claim right now that we are beautiful people, wonderfully made, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus Christ is and who Jesus has made us to be as new creations. Father, now let us take that and let us take that that truth and bring that to a world in so need of help and, and encouragement and life. Father, we thank you for the shield of faith that protects us, in which we can bond together and bring love and hope to the world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.